Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, and this is episode 102. Hope you guys are doing well. It's Saturday night. I'm going to assume everyone is home where they should be. Um, we definitely, you know, don't want anyone uh, catching this crap. Um, nice night. It's been cool, man, this whole weekend so far. Man, I kind of hope it stays like this for a minute. Um, I can really deal with this weather. It's perfect. I'm outside. I have to throw a hoodie on, but I'm good. I'm good. Um, did a little work today. Not much. I kind of chilled out today. I, felt I wanted to stay and just kind of, you know, watch TV. And I forced myself to do that on the weekends because trust me, I do go into the office and I do turn on the computer. Uh, what was good this time is um, my computer uh, had to defrag it. So I was having, it was just running slow. So... Once I save it for that and I start to clean it out, that's a timely process and it goes automatically. So it gives me a chance to stay off of the computer, at least my working computer. The other computer I have, the laptop, is only for writing. I don't put that online at all. And we got three other computers, but they're not mine, so they don't have none of my stuff in this. So I have no reason to go on. If I need to, any information, I got my phone. Um, today I was watching um, on, I believe it was Netflix. Was it Netflix or Amazon? I don't know. It's going to be one of those two. But there's um, a, a short docu-series called um, College Behind Bars. Very interesting. Um, I'm not big on any kind of uh, prison movies or prison documentaries. And for obvious reasons, of course. Um, because um, they portray... Uh, pretty negative side, the dark side, the side that I have to think about in order to never go back. Um, I was released from prison after three years in 1990. It was 1990. I went in at the end of 87. I got hit at the board. Um, And... uh, it was crazy. It started, well, that was like my third bid, but <clears throat> all the other ones were little, little bullshit bids. Uh, this one turned, it was two and a half to five. Then I got hit at the board for six more months. So my dates might be wrong, but whatever. You can figure that one out. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so it was um, like 1990. So never went back. Never got in trouble with the law. No, not really. I actually did. I knocked this one dude out in the hallway once. Um grown man stepped to my son he was little um and of course the chump pressed charges uh but then he dropped the charges so uh i guess because he, he had to see me again i mean it wasn't something it was just it was just a real bad situation and he kind of caught me off guard he stepped to me so it was 
Eh, anyway, that guy died, by the way. I, no, I didn't kill him. <laughs> he died many years later, I heard. But um, uh, something I wasn't proud of. But it was, uh, I was, I was young. Think about it. My son's th- going to be, when he's 28 now, he was five years old. So it was, um, so anyway, um, yeah, so this, uh, the show I was watching, uh, College Behind Bars, is just that. It talks about the prison system and the college, the free education that they get. And I didn't know, now I went to college. I was, I was, um, I did time upstate New York. I started from a, a prison called Camp Facilia. It was camp. And the camps basically are like trailers. Those are like your dorms. And then there's no uh, bars. There's no gates, no fences. It's just these signs that are all around the property. And it says off limits. Now, if you cross that for any reason, they could charge you with absconding, which means you would get another seven years on top of whatever you're doing. So you didn't play with that. <laughs> you, you ain't trying to push your boys over there. In fact, you try not to walk that close to the edges. Okay? But you but it doesn't help to think when you're walking, you know, across the yard and you see those and you're right next to it and you're thinking to yourself, if I jump over that damn sign right now, what's gonna happen? You know? Um it was so funny in the camp for Celia. Um, um there was um, a, like a like a concert that came, and they they came with like those trailers that convert into a stage. You know, they open up the one side, and, and now it's a stage. And I remember it was real nice. Everybody was out outside, and it was cool. It was cool. It was really, you know, and they do it. They bring that entertainment to the prison for the inmates. And our prison wasn't that big. It really wasn't that many people. I think it was. Well, let me see. One, two. Three, maybe three trailers, maybe four. Might be, might have been four trailers. So in each of those trailers, I mean, what did what did they hold? Maybe uh, I had to guess, maybe about thirty, about thirty people each, something like that. Um, but um, the trailer. Now, if you're in a camp, you're not doing much time. You're doing about two years, maybe the most two and a half, which is what I was. I got hit at the border in another prison, but um, when I was there, it was. Um, no, I was looking at two and a half years, yeah, when I got there. <clears throat> and um, and when the show left, right, when, the, when everybody packed up and the show left, and we all went back to our dorms. In the middle of the night, we hear, we hear the alarm go off, and you hear the dogs. Now, I've never seen the dogs before. I've never seen them. I didn't know that place had dogs. All of a sudden, you hear the dogs. And what it was is a kid got up underneath the trailer and he drove off of the property, <laughs> okay? He didn't scound, he escaped. <laughs> and um, what was so crazy, so the real craziness about it, the guy had less than, I think, four months left. And, and what they said is, is that... <laughs> He, he had an argument with his girlfriend and she wouldn't pick up the phone to him and he was freaking the hell out. And yeah, man, I can, I can understand. I mean, I can't understand or justify escaping when you only have four months, but I can understand the craziness that that could cause. 
I could see it creating, if that was my case with my wife, who I'm with now, if he fell for his girl the way I feel for her, and my wife didn't pick up the phone, I could see myself abscounding with only four months ago. I could see that taking me to that, to that point. So it's crazy. Um, there's nothing like being incarcerated and feeling absolutely helpless. You can't help anybody. You can't help your kids. You can't check up on your girl, your wife. You can't make sure your mom is doing well. You can't do any of this stuff, man. Ever. You know? Um, so, you know, so it's very almost like claustrophobic. See, claustrophobia kills me. Like, I feel like you throw a cover over my hammer, I'm going to kill you. Because I, I, I just can't. Um, when I was younger, when I was locked up, I didn't have claustrophobia. But I think about it now, and I recognize that feeling. That feeling of, of see, when I was in, I had a girl that I let go. I didn't want to. I didn't want any relationships. I didn't want anybody because I didn't want to worry. I didn't have kids. My mom was all I had. And I knew, if anything, she was doing much better than when I was out there. Because when I was out there, she was stressing it. I had her stressing, you know. But anyway, um, so this show, I, don't, I keep going off track. Uh, I was in uh, the upstate Buffalo in uh, Camp Facility. Well, I went to Camp Facility. That's where I was going. Camp Facility. Then I went to a place called Mid-State. Then I went to another prison called Marcy. And then I went to my final. Uh, and then I went to Auburn State uh they would try to reclassify me. They couldn't do it. Um, and then I went to a medium joint. So I went up from a camp to a max, back down to a medium. And I went to, and I did a, I did the rest of my bid on a place called Collins 2. They say Collins 2 because there's a Collins 1 right across the street. So it's like two buildings. And these were old psych wards. A lot of those are mid-security mid, um, mid uh, venues were psych joints. Those were like psychiatric Hospitals, and you can tell by the way they're designed. Uh, they have like a road, a lot of them have like they call rotunders, so it's like a day room and they're round with windows, and it's where they put everybody so the doctors can watch them. It's crazy, um, very creepy. A few of them are creepy because you kind of uh, imagine who, who was there. They even had the basement like dungeon light. That's how old these places were like dungeon like You could see things on the wall look like they had changed, and, and that's how those things worked, but anyway. So, upstate Buffalo, there was um, a college called Medell College. And Medell came to the prison. And they had done this before we got there, before I was there. They have, they've been doing this for a while. And they opened up an entire wing. So, they took like an entire section of the prison. And they converted that entire section into a college. And it was like a, an offspring. And they had the top, um, a lot of, pe a lot of um, teachers, a lot of the professors like to teach at the prisons and the reason is is their students the students who go through these college courses are pretty high up there they 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 their marks are like off the off the chain because they got so much time to study that's what it is there's no distractions you know your whole world is you can study 12 hours a day <clears throat> so the professors like to teach these people they feel it just feels good um in this show they show that they did a debate team with the prisoners it took like five prisoners and five cadets from West Point, put them up against each other in the debate. When you hear the debate, it sounds like the prisoners won, but they gave it to West Point. But then 
as a follow-up, they did the same inmates with now five students from Harvard University, okay? And the prisoners won on that one. How crazy was that? You got to check that out. Um, I just told you I had a spoiler, but there's a lot in in the story, so that's a little spoil. I spoiled one little piece because it was cool. Um, but yeah, so I was on a... Uh, Medell College, and what was so crazy is I could understand what was happening with them. And now I didn't know that they removed that program for a while, like there was no um, college in prisons anymore. I, I think it was uh, Clinton they said that signed that bill, and then I think it was Obama that brought it back. And um, but what was um, but when I was in there, uh, I was going for my BA, and um, I was doing. Uh, I think I was doing, I was, I forgot what I was even majoring at that time. I'm talking, we're talking about a long time ago. Um, it was definitely, it was business. Um, it was a bachelor's in business. I don't know if it was science. I forgot. Anyway, um, and what was happening, I was about, I don't know, something like six credits away from my um, associate's degree. Now, I wasn't doing a lot of time, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to, you know, get my bachelor's, but... Um, I was heading towards my associates. It was a bachelor program, but you grabbed the associates. It had to do with the, the the major that I was after, so you could get your. You don't have to go straight to your bachelor's. You get your associates in the, in in between. Plus, they recommended that's what it was. They recommended that to me because I was getting out. The problem was is I didn't have enough time, and even with the with when I got hit at the board, I got the extra six months. It still wasn't enough time for me to get enough credits to get my associate's degree. And I remember I asked my, my uh, professor, I said, so, you know, how do I do this? And he says, well, he goes, when you get out, you can transfer your credits. They won't honor all the credits, but you'll probably get a significant amount. I was like, oh man, like I just want to get my associate and get out and go for my bachelor's or my master's from that point. And um, he said, well, talk to the counselor. Cause I asked him, I said, is there any way I could, you think I could, you know, they'll let me stay just to finish? You know, be like another three months maybe, and he goes, "Oh man, I don't know that. I don't know about that. You have to talk to the counselor." And um, so I went to the counselor's office, and um, I believe it was a guy. I don't remember. I believe it was a guy, and I asked him, well, "Was there a girl?" Shit. Anyway, I think it was a guy. So I asked him. I said, "Um, I explained the situation. I said, what do I gotta do?'" To stay a little longer and he started to laugh he said that's the first time anybody's ever asked me that you know <laughs> how, how i can stay and he started to laugh he goes man he goes the only way you can stay longer is if you picked up another charge while you were in here i'm like and he saw me thinking now nah, i wasn't gonna pick up a charge i knew that was out of question but i never thought of that so you know my, i made that face but then he stopped me he goes no no he goes but there's no guarantee that they'll keep you here you know, he goes, they'll wind up shipping you somewhere else. And um, <laughs> so anyway, I ended up having to leave Medell College. Um, I went to a work release program there. I was going to go into uh, LaGuardia College, which was right next to Queensboro Correctional Facility. That was my work release facility in Queens. And right next door was LaGuardia College. So I said, OK, this is convenient. And I have the credits. And as, a, as an ex-con, I was able to get, I could get financial aid. I could get, you know, they could hook me up. So I went to the college. I checked out their program. 
and it really sucked. I didn't like anything that they were offering in that in that college. I don't remember what it was. Don't ask me. Long time ago, <laughs> thirty almost thirty years. Um, but um, I knew it wasn't something anything I was uh, interested in. And I remember when I was leaving in the little lobby, they had like the Village Voice, and they had all these magazines and stuff. And I grabbed the brochure to CMA. See, CMA was the Center for Media Arts. And, you know, I was always into music before. I was working with Lil Susie before I went away. So I was always into music. That was always my passion. Um, and I said, wow, you know what? This is good. What instead of going to regular college, I go get a trade that I can use right away, audio engineering. And I did. And I went to that school and I went for an entire year. That's how long um, the class was. It was for an entire year. And then we had a break during the holidays. And then when we came back, if actually before we came back, it was on the news that the freaking school had closed. Now, we had just taken our, our finals, too. So it was crazy because we took our finals um, and we got I remember because I got my grades on it because I was an A plus. I killed it. Um, and then we supposed to come back for some whatever else they were going to do for us. And then we supposed to be have graduation. So what happened was the school closed. We never had graduation. However, we still had to, I got, I didn't get financial aid for that, by the way. They gave me a, um, a loan, which was stupid. I have nobody to teach me that. You know, my mom didn't know nothing about it. My father, nowhere to be found. So I had no one to, uh, to teach me this. So I ended up taking out, uh, um, taking out a loan, you know, whereas a grant, financial aid, I would have been qualified as a, not just uh, an ex-con coming out of prison, but freaking even a Latino, man, you know? So there was a lot of programs I could have gotten in touch with, I could have gotten uh, taken advantage of. And um, the counselor that helped me with that um, really didn't do a good service, you know? She ended up getting me a loan, and I guess she made some money, maybe some kickback, who knows? But anyway, so I wound up finishing that school. I was proud, but I have absolutely nothing to show but a notebook. That's it. I have no certificates. There's no diploma. There's nothing. So it really sucked. You know, it really sucked. And then, uh, and then, and plus a ten thousand dollar loan that I still had to pay back, which haunted me for many, many, many years. And um, but uh, and then what happened was, um, after a while, got my life together. I had my son. Everything was going good. I decided I was going to go back to college. I was going to work part time. I had set up where I can I can do that. I can work part time and then go to go to school. And actually, no, I didn't have my son yet. Have my son yet? No, I did have my son. My bad. I did have my son. Yeah. Yeah. He was just real. He was real little. He was a baby. But I remember um, getting the bug to want to go back to school. I was looking over my transcripts. I saw I was high average, and um, I said, okay, you know what? I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shop for school. And I ended up going to go to BMCC, which was uh, uh, Borough of Manhattan Community College. And that's the one that I just liked the vibe. I liked the way it was. And it had class. It was a community college. Um, I could have found a closer one, but it had everything that I liked. And, and I just wanted to go and finish and get my associates. And then from there, I could decide even if I want to move and, and move somewhere else and get, you know, go to another school. That's cool. Once I have my associates, then I go for my bachelor's and I'll be good to go. Um, but uh, so I went through the whole thing. I took the exam. I suck in math. I took I remember buying this real thick book on algebra 
and I had and it was algebra plus some other stuff. But it was really the algebra that was messing with me. And I ended up testing myself and I I got a, ni- a 94 on that test. A 90, no, yeah, 94 on that test. Um, my entrance exam to get to BMCC. Um, I was excited. I remember being in a big auditorium, sitting down, no, it was in the cafeteria, sitting down with the counselors and they had computers out and I was picking my classes at that point. And I remember picking all my classes, I had my whole program. I was so excited. I was so excited. I mean, I thought I was I was starting my life again right out of prison on the right foot. And next thing you know, they, they're checking me into this other thing and they tell me to go to the financial aid office and give them this this paper. I guess it was whatever my program was. And I think that that's with that they're supposed to evaluate the prices of the books and everything that they're gonna cover. And um when I went over there, I gave them that. They had me wait for a while. They came back and they told me that they cannot give me financial aid. And it was like a freaking sledgehammer hit me in my chest. I was like, I don't understand why. It's because I defaulted on the loan that I got for the audio engineering school. And I had invested so much time in BMCC between meeting the counselors, uh, the advisors, the um, taking the entrance exam, you know, eating lunch in the cafeteria, met a few people. I sat down, got my class schedule. I already knew my class. I knew where my classrooms were. Toured the built like I, this was me, man. I was ready to do this, and I couldn't do it. And there was nothing I can do. And I said, "What do I have to do to do this?" They said, I "Have to pay back that loan." By then, it was like, you know, it was already defaulted. You know, and um, <clears throat> I think it was like at that time, I think it was like 13 grand. I think that that's what it was. But um, but yeah, so I ended up having to just abandon that whole idea. I had nobody that could really help me with that. You know, I mean, the good thing about it, though, my audio engineering did come into hand because I ended up on the road with Lil Susie again. I was on the road with her before that. Uh, but this time it was really... Um, I was a little bit more in control, and um, and exactly what I learned in that school, um, I did in real life. I worked mixing boards, except they weren't recording studio mixing boards. Even though I can I can mix them, but the layouts are the same, so it's, they, the knobs all work the same. And for those who don't know, it's those big mixing consoles consoles that have like a million buttons and knobs. Yes, I learned how to run one of those. A few of those, actually, different ones. But, you know, so in the long run, I ended up paying back, you know, getting the money for that that studio. Actually, it actually helped me. I don't think it would have stopped me from getting a job because I didn't necessarily have to do that, but it did uh, give me an advantage. Um, And we always had a pretty superior show because of it. And um, so, but anyway, guys, just want to talk to you. When you get a chance, uh, check out that... um, Check out that show on Netflix. I don't know if it's Netflix or Amazon. I forgot. Because I go back back and forth between those two. Those are the only two channels. I, and YouTube. <laughs> so, hi guys. So anyway, listen, I appreciate you uh, uh, logging in. And um, until tomorrow, good night, Freestyle. Before I leave.
lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.